Can you hear me? I sure can. <gasps> I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can I, am I loud enough? Yeah, you're totally fine. <laughs> can you tell how tech savvy I am by this? <laughs> how it's going so far? <laughs> uh, you can turn on Skype. That's more than I could say for my mom. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. I just uh, visited my mom for Christmas and I bought her a webcam and she was like, what's this for? Like, <laughs> so we can talk on the computer and see each other. I feel like since she doesn't know how to use it, you should have just lied to her anyway and told her it was like something way like this is a laser <laughs> that projects holograms. <laughs> yeah, of me. But since you don't know how to use it anyway, just never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Well, she, she actually was familiar with what they were, and then she's like, well, can't people use this to spy on me in my house? <gasps> oh, well, see, that's safety conscious. Yeah, well, I bought her one that has a little cover. You can actually flip up when you're not using it, so. <gasps> I have one of those. It's called a piece of scotch tape. <laughs> Audrey's scotch tape is clear. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'm so happy to hear your voice. Me too. What's it been, like, 13 years? I think so. I was trying to remember the last time that we talked, and I literally can't. Oh my god, that's crazy pants! <laughs> we have such amazing friendship chemistry, that seems so wrong. Yeah. Well, you know what, I'm really lame, and I don't really talk on the phone very much. <laughs> I'm kind of a... I was good, I tried to say hermit, but it almost came out hobbit. <laughs> Either way, me too. <laughs> I'm pretty good at, like, Facebook and Twitter and even text messages and emails, but when it comes to a phone conversation, I just kind of crumble. <laughs> oh, sad. But computer phone conversations are easier, right? Yeah, somehow that's different. <laughs> just don't ever buy a laptop shaped like a telephone. <laughs> You'll be at a complete loss. Are we podcasting? Is it happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> soon as soon as you hit that little green phone button, we started. Exciting. Hello, world. <laughs> and now I freeze and say nothing for another hour. Well, uh, you're listening to the first inaugural podcast of the first inaugural. <laughs> they just got political up in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first podcast for bornforgeekdom.com. Um, Please don't ever not listen again because I just said up in here. I'll never, ever say it again. Sorry, continue with your description. You know, here in Chicago, uh, up in here is part of the everyday vernacular, so. Okay, then. <laughs> as long as it doesn't start with, y'all gonna make me lose my mind, you can say anything else that ends with up in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Captain Interrupter interrupted you again. Oh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Audrey, otherwise known as Captain Interrupter. <laughs> True. And uh, I'm Aaron. If you're, if you're what, I'm going to put on my public radio voice. No, that's gross. I'm not going to do that. Um, so this podcast is going to be about lots of things. But for me, when I really think about why are we podcasting? Yes, it has to do with my website. Don't feel like it even qualifies as a website. Really, it's a blog, Born for Geekdom. But really, what it's really about in its candy gooey center are two friends who haven't talked for like 13 years and need to catch up on everything. <laughs> everything. Every movie, every TV show, what's happening in our lives. Because Aaron is one of my favorite people on the planet. And one of the, 
I don't know. One of the only reasons I really got through high school. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. The feelings mutual. Aww. There's so much friend love. Fast forward five minutes. We're screaming about fighting about the Hobbit or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we should give people a little bit of background. So um, when we were friends in high school, we used to sit together in, I believe, not only government, but also history. Do you remember it that way? Oh, yes. My two least favorite classes. <laughs> Unless Mr. Clooney is listening, in which case they were my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a, oh, what was his name? Mr. Sawyer. Oh, that's right. That's who we had for government. And Clooney was history. That's right. Sawyer was a beast. He, I liked him because I had this whole storyline in high school and I called myself this is why I had a hard time getting through high school. I called myself a special agent and I was agent X 47 and I named it after the type of hair dye that I used. And he was like one of the only teachers that just kind of went with it. He was like, okay, hello, special agent. You're very strange, but he just sort of went with it, which I appreciated. One of my favorite memories of maybe was we had to take sociology too, didn't we? First. Mm-hmm. I think so. that's when we watched uh, Nanook of the North. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like one of my favorite high school memories when we <laughs> were basically doing Mystery Science Theater 3000 be- before I even knew what that yep. was. Yep. Before I had any idea. We we thought of it. They should pay us royalties. Yes. And I just remember in like being infuriating to everybody around us, but like we couldn't stop. It was funny to us. It was uncontrollable. It was like, that's how I would get like, like drunk with laughter around you. I still kind of feel that way. Like I got so excited to hear your voice that I got into just super weird, but that's how it was in high school because you just had this like fun zone, fun force field around you. And when we got to sit together, it was like, everything was funny and I'm sure that it wasn't. And I feel like I owe an apology to everybody that I went to high school with for all of the, all of the incessant giggling. Even the teachers like layers were hilarious. (laughs) They were, it was like, they could do no harm because we were in the friend force field. (laughs) The other awful movie we watched, uh, ring of fire. Oh my gosh. No quest for fire. Oh yeah. Ring of fire. Fire Sounds like a cool Johnny cash movie or something. (laughs) However, or quest- something about the Pacific Rim or something. <laughs> yeah, something amazing that, <laughs> that we volcanoes. <laughs> Starring Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I do, you know, I hadn't thought of that until right the second though, until you brought it up. And they had like this big disclaimer before we watched it. He's like, "There is a sex scene." <laughs> yeah. Everyone be mature. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, this movie was a documentary, because they had cameras back then. I just remember there being, like, a thousand disclaimers. Like, okay, there's a sex scene, and it's between a couple of, like, a caveman and a cave lady. Also, there's a bunch of nudity. Oh, I think some people die by spear. Like, there's a lot of burning to death. Like, <laughs> I remember there being a thousand. Rapey. It was a little rapey. It really <laughs> was. I have to say, poor Ray Don Chong and Rob Perlman. <laughs> That must have been a tough day on set. How do you find your motivation for caveman rapiness? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we are six minutes, no, eight minutes in and and and, and the word rapes have been used. 
Like, maybe something went wrong. <laughs> oh, I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should we tell our... I, I bet we'll get at least one listener on the first episode. Should we... Oh, I love your optimism. <laughs> it's gonna be me listening a hundred times. I'll be like, listen to how fun we are. Um, should we tell them the kind of uh, nerdy things we like to indulge in? Yes. I like how you're much more organized than I am, by the way. Sorry, are you hearing that? Can you hear? It sounded like a uh, Star Trek. It is. <laughs> it's my phone. It's the text alert on my phone. I apologize. That's copyright. Please don't sue us. I put it on mute. Let me make sure mine's muted. It is the Doctor Who sonic screwdriver sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that we're just picking up like right just right don't you feel though like the world is now built for us like it wasn't for us back then it oh, wasn't okay wasn't. now it's okay but okay okay put so put a pin in that we're gonna talk about how the world is for us now and and we should do what you said because you are organized and I'm gonna sound manic and crazy that's right I've had two huge cups of coffee this morning I'm getting there that may be playing a role. I'm sitting, I have a giant Panera. I'm on my second giant Panera coffee. So, okay. So background, what, what, if you were being recruited to a team of geek super spies, what would your superpowers be? Well, when I was a youngin, I was kind of, you know, we lived in a very isolated area. So yes, we did. My exposure to that sort of thing was pretty limited. Um, but I was really into Star Trek. Still am to an extent, but Star Trek was like the blood coursing through my veins <laughs> at that time. I Which watched... series? Which series? I know, but... Next Generation. I watched every episode as it aired, and then they also re-ran them, I believe, on Saturday nights at like midnight on Fox. I believe it was 1035. See, it was like midnight at the time. Or 1135. Maybe it was yeah. 1130. It was after the news. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it probably changed times when the rest of the world changed times and Indiana did it. At the <laughs> yeah. We were so like, we're never going to change. Okay, so we grew up in Indiana, so that's for startsies. Yep. And I watched a lot of Star Trek. Yes. Star Trek. Um, I also did read comic books, but there was nowhere to get them where we lived, so um, I really relied on that's other true. people that had them <laughs> already. <laughs> There was a gas station. There was a Preston Safeway, if you'll recall. But the only kind of comic books they sold were, um, like, true for kids. Like, like, like Archie. Yeah. yeah, and Blue Dog. I think that was a thing. I may have made that up. <laughs> Blue Dog. But so, yes, so I remember that. But that was really it. And I, I did have the internet probably by the time I was a freshman or a sophomore. So then, you know, my geek geekness started to expand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the little library in our town was really cool, too. They were pretty influential in getting me into, like, reading lots of sci-fi and uh, fantasy books. Now, are you talking the Clayton Public Library? Oh, yes. Can we name drop that on a podcast? Is that going to get them, like, cyber attacked or something? No, I don't. Okay. Um, is I... a cyber attack a thing? I don't know. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You've recently yeah. experienced this. Okay. Unfortunately. So. Sorry. <laughs> Those ladies, they would dig up, they would just come in there and I, they would have a stack of books on the counter for me that Aww. I didn't even request. And so um, that was about it until I got out of high school. And then I exploded and... <laughs> <laughs> and geek happened everywhere. My normal geekness was magnified by 100. And uh, <laughs> that's about it. Since then, I, I really got into video games. Um, I always played them a little 
growing up, but when I was an adult and could buy them my own, then it was nonstop video game action. I consider you very much an expert because you are a writer, you're a blogger, you have you have really spun something of an expertise in video games, correct? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, I like to think I do. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I say that you do because I follow the things that you do, and sometimes I'm like, I don't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> Which is a compliment. <laughs> that sounds bad, but I mean it in a good way. <laughs> Bring us down a whole octave in a good way. <laughs> um, so, what are your favorite TV shows right now? Right now, um, I just finished binging the entire uh, rebooted Battlestar Galactica. <gasps> nice. And that was pretty awesome. Um, last year, I also did a similar binge of Doctor Who. Excellent. Do you ever do this thing where something's really popular and you ignore it because it's popular? Yes! Yes, because I feel like there's only enough room in my heart and I'm I, for so many geek things, and so I'll, I want to wait. I'm, I'm very much a late adopter. Me too, and that's what I did with Doctor Who. Everyone was talking about it. I'm like, oh, shut up. Who cares? And I remember I had watched yeah. some episodes on PBS because... On Saturdays after Star Trek was over, I would often play <laughs> PBS, and there would be old episodes of Doctor Who. Um, and so I had a vague inclination, or I, I knew a little bit about him, but um, I actually watched every episode that was on Netflix for like a month straight. That was all I watched. <laughs> it's eerie to me how similar we are, because <laughs> I just finished binging Doctor Who, my husband and I, a, a couple of weeks ago. I yeah. just finished the last Matt Smith episode that they have on Netflix. And I did the same thing. I ignored it for a long time. And I think part of me felt almost guilty. Like, okay, that's enough. Like, I have a Star Trek tattoo, and I have a Star Wars tattoo, and I'm like, ah, blah, blah, I'm such a... And, and sometimes I get overwhelmed by myself. Yeah. And I think, that's enough, Audrey. Like, stop all of that geek stuff. But now but, you're planning your TARDIS tattoo, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> My next one, I have a whole sleeve planned, which is very expensive. And I don't want to really get going on it until I can afford for it to be spectacular. Um, but the next one is Lord of the Rings. Mm. And then um, I have like a, well, that's another, that's another. I feel like, see, this that's is what happens. Podcast. We have, I feel like we have, we've already covered topics i just ruined like three of our future podcasts because <laughs> one could be catching up on tv shows and one could be guilt geek guilt and i'm just i'm just wrecking them all i'm ruining things aaron <laughs> ruiner of things well we kind of did branch into the the next thing i want to talk about which is new new things for us in the geekosphere things that we've adopted recently yes so, um, Doctor Who, for sure, for both of us. Yep. Um, Battlestar Galactica, we binged two years ago. No, that's not right. Not this Thanksgiving, but the Thanksgiving before last. We, um, and it was, have you seen the Portlandia sketch? Yes, I did. It's, I saw that. That happened to me in real life. That. <laughs> yes, and I was like, there's spot on. Portlandia is like the pulse of the nation. Yes, I agree. They know. So we had done that as well. So I'm new to both of those things. Um, I haven't started Torchwood, but I guess that would kind of count as Doctor Who. I tried to get into Caprica and couldn't. I just finished Caprica literally two days ago. And it wasn't the best thing I've ever watched, 
but it was insightful into like the beginnings of the Battlestar Galactica universe. So I feel ashamed to say this, but I, I just, I couldn't get through the first episode. If you could, if you could just cut through the first episode, you'll be, it'll be, you'll be much better off because the first episode is awful. It, okay, good. <laughs> and then so I would say the ones after are mediocre. But... but I felt guilty for even thinking that, but I'll tell you what got me thinking about it again, actually last night. It's we have a we have we have a brain sharing thing that we're doing because mm-hmm. um, just last night I was going down the rabbit hole of IMDb for James Marsters. You know, the actor James Marsters is. No, he was Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. OK. And I have a kind of perennial obsession with him. It's really not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, in Caprica. Well, that's what I, I saw that last night on IMDb. And I thought, OK, for him. I would give it a, another watch. I would give it another chance just to see him. He plays a villain, and he's pretty good at it. I'm just... I have to say that I'm really lucky that over the 13 years that we have not been around each other, it seems like we each found partners that put up with slash understand us. Yes. Because my husband doesn't get mad. I feel like any other man in the world would be like, are you seriously watching all of the Spike-centric Buffy episodes. <laughs> because it's like, I do it annually. Like, I wish Netflix had a storyline feature and that you could just choose to watch because that's all that I want to see. Like, it, the whole show is really good. And I yeah. love the whole show. But once a year, it's like I have to watch the whole Spike-Buffy story arc. And my husband, he never gives me any grief about it. He's just like, oh, I see you've been watching your Spike episodes again. And... <laughs> And there's no shame and no guilt, and I just really appreciate it. And it seems like it's the same thing for you. Yeah, I like to say that he's a uh, geek in training. It's been a long process. Um, <laughs> You're converting him slowly to... Yeah, we're approaching the uh, 11th year in our relationship. and I didn't know that! Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like five or six years. That would be 11 in July. Oh my gosh, congratulations! Thanks. <laughs> I'm so behind. I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the area we we came from, we kind of I kind of got in the habit of keeping uh, that sort of relationship on the DL, as we say in Chicago. It was like scary. There there are still things about that area that, gosh, I feel like I have to be careful about even talking about it because I don't want anybody to feel judged. But it is a it is a fear mongering area. It's not the most open-minded area of Hendricks County. Let's just no, <laughs> no, not at all. It was, it was. It's a shame. It's sad that it's still. It may be happening. different now, but who knows? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be wrong, and I could be wrong. And if somebody listens to this and they're from that area and they know otherwise, please. Can they? I almost said, please call in, as though this is like the Fraser Crane um, they, show. They could email us. <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, that's a good time to talk about that. I know. I know. We'll share all this stuff online and stuff. But where might they email us to talk about important issues? Um, the address is bfg.podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. I feel like there should be a disclaimer there. When I named my website five years ago, I wanted to be Will Wheaton, like everybody else. I wanted to be Will Wheaton, and so I you started. I know, right? Like, I what an amazing life, but. I realized a few years ago, 
I can't retroactively go back and put myself in the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation, so I should probably try to move on with my life (laughs) and be somebody different and be me. But when I started, I wanted to be Will Wheaton. So the first name for the website was really great. It was (laughs) geekshaveallthefun.com, which is maybe the worst name ever, ever. (laughs) And so a year after that, I changed it to the still clunky but much better and very true, born for geekdom. Not realizing that BFG was an abbreviation for something from the game Doom? Oh, really? I never and played I, it, so... It stands for Big... Oh, F-N- Big, big yeah. F-N- Gun? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, people, that's kind of like... I feel like I always have to, like, come clean and admit, like, no, I didn't play that game, and I'm not trying to cash in on that. Like, I don't... I didn't know what that was. That was just sheer ignorance. Yeah. On my part. So that's how Born for Geekdom was born. Hmm. For Geekdom. My blog went through several names, too. It's tough to find a good one, mostly because all the domain names are taken. Yeah, that's true. It's hard. I just settled on my name. (laughs) AaronDebert.com. Am I allowed to say your name? Sure. Okay, because I just did. That's all right. (laughs) But you can edit that out if it's weird, right? Trying, Trying to build the brand, you know? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, if it's your website, <laughs> surely it's public. So. Is you... it dot .com? Yep. Okay. I always think of you for your work with Robo Awesome. Yeah, that is where I spend most of my time these days. Which is Robo Awesome, by the way. Yep. We uh, just went through a big ordeal where we changed to uh, new publishing software and then hated it and then had to change back. Oh, so. well, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> As you know, I'm very ignorant about a lot of those things. I like to just point at something and say, somebody please make this go. <laughs> Aaron Aaron and I, people should know, tried to start a venture. Was it like four years ago? Yeah, we I think so. We started our own Zazzle site. And this is yet another tale of Audrey's ignorance because... I thought that I had invented this great idea. I, I promise you, I really thought this. This was how, like, how much I had to come out of the isolation of growing up in a small town. So, like, four years ago, I thought, I'm going to make a website, and it's going to be revolutionary, and it's going to sell apparel that is, like, geek-related. And I really thought that that would be, like, a new thing. <laughs> Which is really, like, this coming from the girl who once thought she invented Chocola. Only for a brief second. But I was like, you know, they should put, like, chocolate and cola together. And you could call it, like, and as soon as I said it, I was like, chocola. I was like, oh, that's taken. <laughs> so Aaron and I tried to start this Zazzle store, which, as everybody knows, is the quick way to become a millionaire. Right. And um, you were just this amazing, like, I would be like, hey, Aaron, can you make this? And you would just make these designs. And we would sell them on things. And... I think, like, two people bought something because, again, I don't know what I'm doing. And also, when I think back to it, I think, like, really, really, it was just you doing all of the work. <laughs> I didn't do anything. You did everything. So, Aaron, you are the person who makes it go. <laughs> Metaphorically. I tried, tried my own uh, Zazzle store not long after that where I put um, snarky things on coffee mugs. That, uh, <laughs> And actually sold one. I think I made a dollar. <laughs> um, I think it was one that said simply, 
this is like a nightmare that never ends. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you were like the really, like truly, deeply dark, depressed side of Ziggy. <laughs> Minus the Ziggy. And with the coffee mug. Yep. <laughs> That's well, I, amazing. I used to have a really awful, awful job at a shoe store in the mall, and I hated it very I much. I remember! So I had lots of time to think of awful, awful snarky things to think about while I was at work. <laughs> this is a nightmare. What was it? What did it say? This is like a nightmare that never ends. <laughs> so great. <laughs> My favorite thing about that is that it's not like a catchphrase. It's just like how you really felt at the time. Yeah, and someone bought it on a mug. So obviously they felt the same way. I would still buy it. Is your Zazzle store still up? It probably is, but I don't know where. <laughs> I got, on mine, I got, like, a legal notice. This is another thing I'm really good at, is getting served papers. <laughs> like um, copyright infringement? Yes. <laughs> because I had made a shirt, I, or rather, I think, I don't remember. I think you made it? I don't remember. Either you made it or my husband Jake made it. Um, and it was just, a, all the shirt said was Haunted Mansion Geek. Because I am, and it's true. And, um... I still never figured out if the phrase was copywritten or if it was the fact that I just straight ripped off the font. That's probably like a Disney exclusive font. And just in my ignorance four years ago was like, I know what I'll do. I'll start a business off someone else's back. <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> I know things now and would not do that again, but. Uh, I found my Zazzle store. Oh, you did? You did? I don't see the mug in question, so maybe I was wrong about what it said. You probably got Oh, yeah, it is there. Never mind. I was going to say, you might have gotten served legal papers from a guy who was like, hey, my life is a nightmare that never ends. <laughs> Can't this say is, that. This is infringing on my life story. <laughs> okay, so you have to share the address because everybody needs their nightmare that never ends mug. <laughs> um, it's zazzle.com and then slash... Disco underscore sleaze. Sleaze! Disco sleaze! Uh -huh. Yay! That was me back when I, my blog address was dastardlydeeds.com. Now that was a fine, fine <laughs> web address. You, sir, have named an excellent. <laughs> I never really um, got too attached to it because I had a hyphen in it and I didn't really care for the hyphen. Oh, I see. It makes sense. I um, completely forgot what I was about to say. That's all right. I, I I have so many things in my brain to talk to you about. It's just so good to hear your voice. <laughs> so did you, you never went to our reunion, did you? Oh, I went. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, I went. I sure did go. How was I, that? I went with our uh, very good friend, both of our very good friend, Lindsay. Oh, yeah? Um, much like many things in my life, it was not how I pictured it. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> That's going to be the title for my one-woman show someday, not how I pictured it, because it's just everything. Everything in my life is so much more wonderful than it ever actually really is. And I blame movies for that, because Lindsay and I kind of had it in our heads that our 10-year high school reunion would be like, I'm sure you can guess. Like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion? Of course. Of course, <laughs> that's what we thought it would be like, because why wouldn't we? Because we're totally in touch with reality. <laughs> so we got, like, all gussied up, and, and we were, like, you know, nervous. It was, like, we got, it, it felt like, I don't know, getting to go to prom again or something. And and we're nice people, so we hoped for good things. Like, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want anybody to be, like, miserable or, like, I mean, really, 
based on the stories that you hear now about high schools, we actually had it pretty good. Right. Like, we were definitely nerds, but, like, I didn't really get... I got bullied, like, truly bullied up until, um, like, halfway through eighth grade. Yeah. But after that, people kind of left me alone. Was that... I just kind of got, sh- got shunned. Like, <laughs> just your basic Amish shunning. Yeah, like, I was... There was a group of... A small group of people that I was really close to, but as a whole, I basically just got ignored. Which, though terrible, compared to the things that I hear today... Right. No one ever actually, like, beat me up. Not to, like, minimize your suffering, because shunning yeah. is, is no joke either, you know. Yeah. That's not... Well, it, I think the friends I had were so good that it just didn't matter. Yeah, everything it else really just affected okay. Yeah. Um... So what was I saying? I, I have a terrible time staying on topic because I'm. I, it'll get better. If anybody's listening to this, if they're still listening, I will be able to stay on topic better. I'm just really excited to talk to Aaron again. Um, so Sorry about we, reunion. We were talking about the reunion. There it is. So we got gussied up, and we were hoping for, you know, good things for everybody. And, and we got there, and it was like we weren't in the room for about – well, first of all, it wasn't a room. It was on the patio of a restaurant. Uh-huh which is totally fine. Um, and I think there was an unrelated event happening in in which a band... I feel like I have to be... I, I'm too afraid to say what I really think because my fear is that, like, the one person who will listen will be the guy who was singing in that band that day. And he'll be I, like, I'm I, going to kill you, Audrey Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, it was... Okay, they covered Nickelback. Okay, there. That's just... Oh, I just boy. put it out there. Oh, so we're boy. on this tiny little patio, and they're covering Nickelback, and it's really loud, and it's so loud that you can't talk to people. You can't have conversations. And in all fairness, the girl who tried to play in the reunion tried to get us, like, this fancy golf course. She tried, and none of us would pay any money. Like, <laughs> so she was like, fine, jerks. Like, it's a restaurant patio for you. Like... <laughs> So in all fairness, it was all of our own collective fault, but we're on this patio and there's a Nickelback cover band playing and nobody's talking to us. And Lindsay and I are sitting there with our husbands and we're looking at each other going, can we leave and go to the movies yet? Like it just, we had hoped for so many other things. And then, um, we, we're probably self-isolating a little bit in all fairness. So, so one person comes over to talk to us finally from, like, across the room, and he, I'm not going to say his name, but he was one of, like, the big popular guys, mm-hmm. of which there were only two or three, because our school was really small. Yeah. So he comes over, and he's like, Lindsay, Audrey, how are you? It's been so long. How are you doing? And then in the end, it turned out it was, like, a sales pitch, because he, he had a business. And okay. so, <laughs> you know, he was giving us his business card, and, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with networking. But we were a little – it was like Ralph Wiggum when his heart breaks in half, like, <laughs> <laughs> So we were a little sad. And then we realized we were probably being the same way we were in high school and just being afraid of everybody who was pretty. So we started going and talking to people. And then we connected a little bit. Eventually, we just left and went to the movies. But I don't remember what we saw. We stayed for, like, 30 minutes. So in all fairness, we didn't give it much of a chance. <laughs> did you um, Did you see our mutual friend, Sarah? Miller? Yeah. No, she was. she's in Chicago being awesome. 
Yeah, we just uh, actually, she just messaged me on Facebook the other day. We're going to try to get together for coffee next week, she, I think. She's amazing. She grew up to be this. Have you seen any of her art? Yes, I have. Not in person, but yes. Gosh, <laughs> she's stunningly talented, living in the big city, just just doing it, you know? Yeah, you know, we lived maybe um, four blocks from each other for like a good two to two and a half years and never ran into each other. That's Chicago for you, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Crazy busy Chicago. So now I've moved. I've moved a little bit away, only three miles away, but in Chicago, three miles seems like thirty miles. That's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of train train tickets. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. We have the uh, elevated train system and buses. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so... Wait. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, so we're going to meet up for coffee next week, I think. That's exciting! Don't let me be... Ca- I just capped and interrupted you again, so... That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I said hello. I will. Um, I feel like there was going to be something I asked you about Chicago. Oh, oh, so living in Chicago, mm-hmm. have you visited all of the, like, John Hughes movie sites? Because that would be the first thing I would do. No, I sure haven't. Well, that might be... A field trip for that might be a fun get together for you and I because I really want to see all the John Hughes movie tourist things. I have an idea for a web series. I want to call it Location Vacation, and I want it to be like two or three friends who um, travel together and visit their favorite movie locations. And now that I put that out on the internet, somebody can steal it. So <laughs> maybe we can take our podcast into video land someday. Um, I will say that they shoot a lot of movies in Chicago, and it gets kind of annoying sometimes. Um, really? Yeah, they were shooting, I think it was the second uh, Nolan Batman movie, uh. and I was on a train, and they stopped us for 30 minutes because <gasps> Mr. Nolan didn't want the train in his shot. Oh, snap. So, and, you know, the city makes all kinds of money off of these people filming movies here, so of course they're going to oblige him and stop a train with several hundred people on it. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you, were you like late to work that day? No, I was just out and about. I wasn't even working that day, but I know there were people there that probably were late because of it. I feel really bad for like the one guy who was like holding it and had to go to the bathroom like really bad. And he was like, I'll just hop on this train real fast. <laughs> and then that happened. If you, um, if you see the first Dark Knight movie, there, I knew, remember seeing scenes with uh, a bus in the background that says GTA for Gotham, Gotham Transit, Transit Authority. Authority. Nice. But it was actually it was really just a CTA bus, and all they did was switch the C to a G. <laughs> Movie magic. Yeah, it was the exact same coloring. The it was the exact same bus. That's that's pretty funny, actually. I wonder if like the guy who designed the bus was all proud of himself. Yeah. <laughs> like they kept my design, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more things about Chicago and your life in Chicago. I don't I don't know a lot about um, what you're up to nowadays. Well, it's kind of sad that I live in this huge, awesome city, but I don't really do anything with it lately. Eh, <laughs> um, when I first everybody. got here, we did all the I did all the touristy things, and you know you can only do that so often, and then you get kind of bored with it. But what are the touristy things in Chicago? I've been to Chicago twice both times were awesome but what do you consider to be the touristy things um like the all the museums like the field museum and the planetarium and the aquarium and 
uh, the Art Institute and the Big Silver Jelly Bean in Millennium Park. I love the Big Silver Jelly Bean. What is that, Millennium Cloud? Is that right? Um, the Jelly Bean is actually called the Cloud Gate, and it's, uh, it's called Millennium Park. Boy, I was way off. <laughs> you, got, you got Millennium and Cloud, right? <laughs> in Audrey's brain, I created <laughs> a mashup for titles. Um, you know, the one thing I haven't done, surprisingly, is I haven't gone to, well, it's called the Hancock Tower now, I think, but it's the Sears Tower. Oh, is that the, did they, do they have the new, like, glass thing that you can step out on and feel like you're gonna die or something? Yeah. And I would especially feel like I was gonna die because I'm a, a larger person and I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Is this really gonna support my weight? I don't know. <laughs> this box is gonna fall. That's, it's all part of the rush. <laughs> like, um, the box is gonna come off the building. I used to live really close to Wrigley Field, which is where the Cubs play, but I don't like sports, so. <laughs> it really just got to be more of a nuisance because on game days the neighborhood was so busy. Really? And, yeah, all the transportation would be backed up, and there's drunk people everywhere, all over the street. And oh no, it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse, but without the zombies. Yeah, except with like jocks and <laughs> the jock be apocalypse. <laughs> drunk guys with visors flipped upside down, roaming in mass, <laughs> with clear cups in their hand. Blue and red paint on their face. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. You poor thing. So I actually, I do a lot of what I did in Indiana, and that's stay indoors. <laughs> away away from the poisonous, evil sun. <laughs> Professional stayer indoorer. Yeah. I play a lot of video games and uh, do lots of blogging and podcasting. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. I think that's. Sign me up for that lifestyle. I used to live, the last neighborhood I lived in was really close to um, Chicago's premier na gay neighborhood known as Boys Town. And my I don't know why I made that noise, it just felt right. <laughs> Sorry, I hope that wasn't offensive. Not at all. <laughs> all my friends would be like, oh, you're so lucky, I bet it's so nice, and I never went to a single bar or, club oh. or anything there. Well, you're also, you know, in a couple, so I'm sure it's, yeah. you know. And it's a whole different culture over there. It's like, you know, 20-something gay boys with, you know, all plucked and bleached and skinny. And I'm I don't get that thing, gay or straight. I don't get the plucked, bleached, skinny. Like, I don't, it's, I don't understand. Me either. And I don't get it. I'm quite unplucked and in my 30s and <laughs> not skinny, so. And that's the name of your one-man Broadway show, Unplucked. <laughs> Aaron Deppert. <laughs> So yeah, I never. Oh no, we're actually we're actually been talking about moving out of Chicago when we can. To do you have any ideas? I really want to live in Seattle. Oh man, you'd be. I feel like you and Seattle would go well together. Yeah, if, um, Teresa Peter, she was a year ahead of us. Loved her. Uh, she lived. She's lived out there for a few years now. So I've been in contact with her, and she's just solidified the fact that I want to go there. You want to go to there? Yeah. I think you would be awesome out there. The climate Wait. is very appealing to me. I don't even know what that climate is. The coldest it really gets is about 40 in the winter. And then the warmest, like a heat wave for them in the summer is about 75. Oh, wow. So it, it does, she did, said it does rain basically every day in the winter and in the summer, I think. Huh. But spring and fall, it's more sporadic and 
even when it does rain, it's really like light, misty rain. It's never like a big, dumb downpour. <laughs> right. Like, uh, unlike Orlando, where I live, which is like, <laughs> for a handful of months a year, every day at like two o'clock, it just, it's like the set of a movie about a tropical rainstorm. Yeah. For um... a good hour, and then it's like, done. My mom lived in St. Petersburg for a while, actually. And so I Russia? Just... Wow, amazing. <laughs> no, Audrey. <Shout> <laughs> that wow, that would be that's quite a stark contrast. I was like, she's really branched out, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so I did visit her. I would visit her every winter. Nice. And uh yeah, it would even in St. Petersburg it would rain like every single day. And it would only be for like a minute. The famous one minute St. Petersburg rain. She would always be like, Could you stop dressing like a tourist? I'd be like, What do you mean? And she's like, Chicken, chicken, straw hat, shorts. She's like, Why are you wearing shorts in December? I'm like, Because it's 70 degrees. I wear shorts in December. I've never stopped dressing like a tourist. (laughs) I I do the one streak of sunscreen without blending it in. I have a Hawaiian shirt and really ugly sandals. And a big, loosely woven straw hat. <laughs> yes, and with a chin strap. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was amazed to go down there and see like we went to a I remember we went to a Target and they would have full like down filled coats and scarves and hats and I would see people wearing that stuff. I know I don't understand. Like, is, are you that climatized that you can't it, deal with a, a fifty degree night? It is really funny because, you know, when we grew up in Indiana, it was like, it's going to be zero degrees tonight, so bring your pets inside. Like, down here, if it gets to, like, in the high 30s or the 40s, it's mass pandemonium. <laughs> it's as though the world is ending and we're, it just, you wouldn't believe it. It, it. it still makes me laugh. I don't think I'm, I know that my blood has thinned a little, so to speak, because when we went, when we go back up to Indiana for the holidays or something, I'm freezing. But like when it when it's in the 40s or 50s, I'm like, are you guys kidding me? And they do. They wear the scarves and the coats. I'm like, you guys, come on. How long have you guys lived down there now? We have been here for about a year and a half. Okay. I've been to Orlando once. No, twice. It was to go to Disney World both times. I never noticed the glut of Orlando jokes on shows like. 30 Rock and The Office and I didn't realize and and Florida in general just yeah. the amount the sheer it's like Florida and Indiana are the Florida Indiana and Rhode Island are the are the jokiest states for TV comedies so the, I didn't know Indiana that Indiana comedies yeah. I do really love Parks and Recreation oh it's so good it's so relatable as a former Hoosier and I like the trouble that they go to to like include little details and and the only funny thing about watching it is my husband is a writer. And so when we watch it together, he loves it, but he's always a little bit mad because he wishes he was writing for the show. Oh, yeah. So, like, he has the same anecdote after the end of every show, which is, man, they need to hire a writer from Indiana. And I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you just send your resume? Like, I don't I don't know how that works, but. You should write them, write them a script and send it. Write a spec script and send it along. It's. Back in the day, this is one of the things that made Star Trek The Next Generation so good. They used to accept, like, cold submissions. Like, people would just send scripts, and sometimes they would use them. Is that not insane? That is crazy. They would never do that now. (laughs) Never. Never. And even back then, I guess it was kind of 
different, but like in some of my freelance writing circles, I met a guy who was like, yeah, they did two of my scripts. And I was like, D- were you on the writing staff? And he was like, no, I literally put a script in the mail and like sent it to care of Star Trek, the next generation Paramount studios. And they just would read through all of them. And I just think that's amazing. It would be great if they could do that for parks and rec, you know? Yeah. Or if they could do another Star Trek spinoff and do that. Oh, that would be so... I'm so ready. I, I'm so ready for more Trek. How often do you dream of a new spinoff just coming out of nowhere? For me, it's quite often. <laughs> yeah, frequently. Usually when I get through the end of like a, a regular Trek-watching cycle, mm-hmm. I'll get to the end and I'll be like, ah, we need another one. Like, And I feel like I know, I know why they've never recaptured the glory of Next Gen. It's because... With every new Trek show that they made, splitting off of Next Gen and going on to Deep Space Nine, they split up the writing team. Oh, yeah. And then they kind of did that for every show thereafter. That Enterprise may be the exception because I don't think there was any crossover between Voyager and Enterprise. Is that right? Um, I think Brandon Barga or Braga. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was basically involved in everything. That's. I'm actually looking at his Wikipedia right now. Ooh, you're like the research guy. <laughs> um, yes, he was ex- co-creator and executive producer of Enterprise. Which I very much enjoyed. Um, early I feel like we could do a whole podcast about Enterprise. And it's, oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> because I actually, as much as I enjoyed it, the first season for me as... Ugh, this is so annoying. I want to punch myself in the face for saying this. But it, it was a little the women were a little hyper-sexualized in the first season for me. Like, the whole Star Trek hot tub thing, I was like, oh, you guys. Like, I get the idea of turning up the sexiness. And even the guys. Even the guys, you know what? um, My boyfriend and I always joke about, uh, you know, every time they would come in from an away mission and they were afraid they might have be contaminated. (laughs) And they'd be like, everybody, take off your clothes. (laughs) Strip down to your underwear and let's rub this sexy gel on each other. Yeah, I know, right? Like... (laughs) To me, it was just so blatantly that that's what they were doing. Like, I have, there's nothing wrong with a sexy character, a sexy man, a sexy woman, a sexy situation. But when it's, it just seemed so forced at times. Yeah, it was. And it it, just was awkward. It was like the Enterprise was sometimes the desperate high school cheerleader who was like, (laughs) look at me, I'm beautiful. Don't you want this? Look at all these abs and all these boobies. Yeah, exactly. And also, <laughs> here's a hot tub. Like, come on, Enterprise. <laughs> because to me, the the sex appeal of characters is a slow burn. And yeah. if you just spoil it out of the gate like that. And again, it wasn't spoiled out of the gate. I'm, I'm making too much out of it. Uh, but to me, the sex appeal comes through the relationships and the tension and things like that. And I feel like maybe Star Trek had just gotten tired of being kicked around and, and being told it was like, Oh, you're the nerd show. You're the unsexy show. And so they were like, we'll show you unsexy, crank it up to 11, you know, here's the sexy decontamination room. Yeah. (laughs) It started, started with seven of nine. Yeah. Uh, Again, a gorgeous woman, love her, love the character. But it was just so. I just felt pandered to, you know. You feel I was like, a little like they tried to to steal some of her thunder with T'Pol. 
I did very much because yeah. they kind of went for the same thing, which was another thing that made it feel kind of overly fetishized. I was like, you're going for this woman who is like, oh, I don't under... It was almost pornographic. Like, yeah. I don't understand human intimacy. Teach me, you know? And it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. Like, as a, as a female viewer, like, just barf. Like... <laughs> All I have to say about that is Barb. And I know that that's not fair because there were other female characters on the show. So I know, I know, I can hear, like, if I was the writer creator, I'd be like, shut up. Like, there were other females on there. You're just fixating or there something. I All I can think of is, what was her name? I want to say Yoshi, but it's Hoshi, right? Uh, I'm the terrible. Commu- the communications officer. I don't remember, which which says something, which does tell me that I was fixating on... <laughs> The annoyances rather than the goodness. Well, all she really did was sit there and translate everything for people. <laughs> I have one job, and <laughs> I'm going to do it. God's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, so so I think that might be our next podcast is we just need to open up and talk about Trek. Yeah, I think so. I think it's important in our... I think it's going to be an important milestone in our getting vocally reacquainted. <laughs> I think we could do we could do one about TV and then one about movies even. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yes. Okay. This is very exciting. <laughs> I wonder if anybody will. I wonder if there's a single person out there who would get through this first one. <laughs> I bet so. They're they're getting to know us better. Getting to know us. Getting to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as we're getting reacquainted with each other. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. With the Star Trek, because I could honestly, honestly talk about Star Trek for hours, probably days. Yeah, me too. We could, and I could be different topics. I could talk about the real life applications of Trek. I could talk about just the movies. I could talk about just next gen. We could talk about characters. We could talk. I mean, I, I am so in love with it. And that's, I think, one of the ways that you and I bonded in high school was, like you said, was next generation. Yep. And I remember whenever um, Deep Space Nine launched, and we talked about that quite substantially. Yep, it was it was a, a touchstone, you know, for a lot of people. I think for a lot of fans, it was how we. It was almost like a safe word. Like if you could talk to somebody about Next Gen or Deep Space Nine, you knew they weren't going to like bully you in the locker room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least they would only bully you verbally, not. Yeah, <laughs> there would be no punching. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, Commander Cisco's better than Picard? You dumb dumb. <laughs> You're so wrong. <laughs> and then the other jocks come in and they're like, "Shut up, dummy!" And they shove you against the locker. <laughs> then they tell you your lipstick is too dark and that you have a bad haircut. Oh wait, that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> they ask you why you're wearing argyle socks pulled up to your knees. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I. We should show. I I kind of feel like there's uh, this thing. Going through all of geekdom right now, there's a little bit of a backlash even within our own community of like, prove it, like prove you're a geek, like prove you yeah. suffered. And so I kind of feel like I should go through all of my old photos and prove I suffered. Like my parents got me braces and eventually I learned how to match my clothes, but like I'm, I'm a certified member. Like I suffered for it too. Yeah. My mom was one of those, those few moms that let me uh, dress myself. A lot of parents Me too. select their clothes for their children. And even if I walked out of the house with the dumbest, most uncoordinated things, she was just like, you you go with it. 
And <laughs> she would buy me all the like green shoes I wanted and Yes. She was very supportive and unfortunately that led to me making some very poor wardrobe decisions. I totally disagree though, because <laughs> I remember you being very like nineties stylish. Like Yeah, I got grungy for a while. Like you Nirvana did. your Nirvana came out and I was like, Yeah, I like Pearl Jam and Nirvana now. You were like grunge with a touch of club kid. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, you, I could have picked you up and put you in, like, a scene in the X-Files where they went to, like, a, a computer, an internet cafe, if you remember those. Like, and you would have fit in. So I think you were doing all the right things. You were just, we were just in, I mean, our school was literally surrounded by cornfields. So oh. I don't think you were doing anything wrong. I think it was just that you were, you were, you were with the times but no where Weaver was kind of like a decade behind, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a lot of sass for the way I dressed, but I learned by about sophomore year in high school I was dressing better. But like you, I remember trying to keep up with the times. In high school, I wanted to be Shirley Manson, so <laughs> I was. I, I, I know, <laughs> you know. Thing. And so I dyed my hair red and I wore the knee high boots and I wore the shirt dresses. If you remember like the shirt dresses that were really popular back then. And so, you know, back then it was like, oh, you're dressing like a slut. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm dressing like Shirley Mitt. Like I didn't, I just was doing what I thought was cool. And it was cool. Dang it. I had, I remember I had lots of flannel shirts that I wore open. Yes. Over. T-shirts. <laughs> yes, I remember the T-shirts with the rings around the oh, yes. the arms. Yes, <laughs> and all the bracelets. You were a bracelet guy. Yeah, you know what? Late in high school, I started going to raves quite a bit. <laughs> see, see, club kid. What did I say? Yeah. I feel like you also wore the like Jinko, like giant Jinko jeans. Am I just? Is that a false memory? Uh, I have like one pair that I did wear occasionally. Must be what I'm remembering. <laughs> But all of your raves, like, were, no, I shouldn't go there. I should save that for a later podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into the deep life stuff later. We'll get to the seedy understand of, of Indiana raves. <laughs> Except I feel like, and maybe I just didn't know, but there was, like, nothing seedy about you. Like, weren't they all, like, Christian raves or something? No, not really. There's definitely some bad things going on there, but I didn't. See, okay, I didn't. I was totally disconnected from that side of your life. I, I remember that you were excited because you would go to, like, youth group with the beanbag chairs, and you'd be like, yeah. I went to youth group, but there were a lot of beanbag chairs. I'm like... Yeah, we went to this that huge church in Indianapolis for a long time. Yeah, I remember that. They had lots of money, and they would definitely spend a lot of it on the kids. <laughs> I thought you were going to say beanbags. Yeah, they did spend it on beanbags, <laughs> I think inflatable furniture, too. That's the way to the heart of God is inflatable <laughs> furniture and big bags. And uh, lots of, like, uh, Hawaiian punch. Yes, you know, for kids. Yeah, because high fructose corn syrup is very is a holy sacrament <laughs> in, one of the big, in the corn belt, anyway. Is it bad that still, when I go to church, like, after I take communion, I'm like, ooh, grape juice, I want some more. Like, I, can't, I always feel a little bit like I should feel really bad about that. <laughs> I always wanted to go to a Catholic church so I could have real wine. <laughs> Naughty. Naughty <laughs> sacraments. <laughs> I don't know why I did that like Sharon Osbourne. That was weird. That's all right. <laughs> We're allowed to be weird here. 
This is good. I feel like this podcast is going to go to some interesting, good places. Yeah. If this first one is a microcosm, then it'll be like 50 to 60 percent about movies and TV, 10 to 20 percent about like remembering high school and old school stuff. Oh no, I've lost my math count um, of percent. Roughly 80 percent. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, and then the other 20 will be like probably deep life stuff. Like, I feel like we're going to go there and I'm excited about it. Yeah. A little bit but, of everything, but mostly movies. <laughs> Cause that's what I care about most. Yeah. It's good timing too, because Jake and I are going through some stuff. We're going through some big life stuff right now. And I'm, and I'm, I am questioning some things and I am, it, hey, it, it'll be you, good. You want to discuss yet or you want to save it for later? We're going to, we'll save it. We'll save it for a little treat. We're down the line. A little Twinkie of podcast goodness. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a Twinkie six feet. No, I forget. The Ghostbusters Twinkie measurement. I yeah. can't remember. You I'll know what would be interesting? If we had children, they might not know what Twinkies are. I feel like it's probably a step forward for humanity. Like, I'm <laughs> sad for myself, but I'm happy for the future of nutrition. <laughs> and the, the future of America's status is one of the more obese countries in the world. Yes. It's it's a little embarrassing. Like, I feel like we're to that place in, in America where it's... I'm just embarrassed about some things. I'm embarrassed about a lot. I'm also really proud. Like, I'm afraid to say that because I feel like I'm going to get, like, anti-America. Like, you... Like, I love... There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Proud to be an American. Red, white, and blue. But, like, like I look a lot at the ways that other countries just sort of deal with reality. Like um, there's one of the countries in the Netherlands that just deals with, okay, we have a serious drug problem. And so they have like drop offs for needles. Yeah. Or and, they'll, like, they'll like give people clean ones. So. Yes. And so their AIDS rate is like extremely low. Like, and I just kind of feel like we need to do a better job of just dealing with reality. Like it's not about, what you think about whether or not something should or shouldn't be. It's like, is it so are we dealing with it? Yeah. And now a lot of times the answer is, is no, we're just, we t- and it takes so long and it just got real up in here. It just turned from like born for geekdom to like all things considered. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> I'm, I am such one of the things that's been tough about living in central Florida is it is way more conservative than I ever would have thought. I'm like, a I'm a huge political hippie these days. I am too, and I <laughs> I thought that like moving to Orlando was going to be like oh it's like it's like a showbiz town is what I thought because that's smart and totally yeah. wrong, um, <laughs> but like I mean I I'm NPR and PBS and I'm all this stuff and it's they're like in some places vehemently opposed to like public broadcasting. Like, they want to take it off the air. It's not even about funding. It's just about that's stupid and it shouldn't be. And I'm like, what? Like, I I don't – it's been – it's a little rough. It's it's hard out there for a – Wasn't um, one of Mitt Romney's things he wanted to do was cut public broadcast funding, like, right yeah. off the gate? That was his first solution to the budget crisis? Was like, I know what let's do. A <laughs> <laughs> thing that's, like, point zero 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 one two percent of – Spending and and that way the poor children who don't have access to education and cable will have this last resource taken away. That'll do it. Like I don't call it, I don't call that frivolous spending. I call that investment in children. Right. 
let's not ruin one of the few things we do right. I know, right? I know. Same thing. I'm 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 a firm believer in contributing to the public needs a voice too. It can't all be big company and it can't all be, you know, I, I think we got to funnel some of that investment into, and I know they're liberal. I know like I, people's first argument is usually, but they're liberal. And I'm like, so, okay. <laughs> if they're a reflection of half the country, like, is that, isn't that okay? Like there's plenty of conservative and there's plenty of liberal and, if they, I don't, think, if they think public broadcast outlets are liberal, they should try talking to me for an hour about politics. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we'll show them. <laughs> I think our goal for this podcast should be to get as many people to hate us as possible. Let's isolate as many <laughs> people as we can with our hippie liberal opinions. So far, we've attacked jocks Good and <laughs> um, hypersexualized television producers. Yep, and sports, conservative Republicans. Sports in general. Yeah, sports <laughs> in general. Important, important writers of Star Trek that if I met them tomorrow, I'd be quaking in my boots. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I actually love the sexy decontamination room. It's amazing. Don't ever take it away. It's more hot tubs, more hot tubs. <laughs> you need to show more skin with the ball. I, just if you could just unzip it a little, couple more inches. We know she's Vulcan, but come on. I mean, really, <laughs> it's they gotta overcompensate for that haircut somehow. I guess. Yeah, I had this. You know, my boyfriend and I get off on these really weird tangents sometimes, and <laughs> us too. I was talking about you know the Vulcan haircut, and I was like. <laughs> There must just be this one Vulcan barber <laughs> that's like 150 years old because Vulcans live a very long time. True. And he, I just imagine him like on top of this really high mountain, and he's got like this one barber chair. You have to quest just, to go he, get it, get to him. Yeah, and there's just this line that runs down the whole face <laughs> of the mountain, wraps around, and he just. Is this ancient Vulcan doing the one haircut he knows how to do? And he like stands there and looks for a second. He's like, "Bangs every time for everybody." Thanks. <laughs> it's, I I think I would theorize that there's like a haircutting machine because they have no emotion and so they don't care about looks. And so it's like the do you, there was like a Play-Doh hair machine <laughs> thing that or I like on the on the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, you just put the little dome over and they <laughs> give you the Liza Minnelli and you're on your way. Like it's not a big deal. Like. <laughs> oh, this reminded me of uh, a new geeky thing I did last year that I plan on repeating this year. Ooh, do tell. Um, we went to see the Klingon Christmas Carol. I'm so jealous of you. Have you heard about this? Yes, I actually got to, back when I was uh, kind of a more independent journalism type, interviewed one of the guys who was heavily involved in that, and they're, like, serious about it. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm so jealous. Was it what describe if you could describe the Klingon Christmas Carol in three words? Um, spit. Ooh. <laughs> good sense. I hope it was illuminated spit because that's very Klingon. Yeah, it, it's very spitty. Backlight um, those people. <laughs> um, oh boy, three words. It. I'm at a loss for even three words. I could probably give you 50 just words. Spit. Just spit, really. Yeah, That's all I need. Because <laughs> I don't know the prop. I'm sure I'm going to get some some geek backlash for this, but I don't know the proper name for the Klingon language. I think um, it's just Klingon. I have a CD, and it's conversational Klingon. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> Maybe uh, you wouldn't have needed the, the super titles on the stage. <laughs> right. I, I go to a lot of um, conventions. I love them. Conventions are my happy place. They just... It seems like there's a lot of them in Florida, too. Oh, that is one of the best things about living here. Like, you have to put up with a little PBS backlash, but the conventions <laughs> are ongoing all year. And there is a, this wonderful guy. He has a partner. Her name is Tracy. His name is Michael Roney. And he is this Klingon translator. And he's been to a couple of the conventions that I've been to. And this guy, Jake and I call him the space pimp because <laughs> he has this whole kind of white Snoop Dogg thing going on. Mm -hmm. Like he's very, he's like one of the only people in the world who is as good at Klingon as he is. So he's, he's like, like the Elvis of the Klingon convention. Wow. <laughs> but he's just this, and, and he's married. And so he's like, you know, I don't, when I say he's the Elvis, I don't mean like, you know. I feel like I've talked myself into a corner because I don't want to insult Elvis and I don't want to like, <laughs> but like, and so we call him the space pimp and, uh, he, he, his knowledge of Klingon and this, um, it's just astounding. Like it is a, it is a true language, which I think is incredible. Yep. I have nothing but respect for people who can speak fluent Klingon. And I totally cop to trying to learn a little bit. Like I, I, I like to, when you go to conventions, Klingons are my favorite people to interact with mm -hmm. because they're so, they do not break character <laughs> for anything, for anybody. And so I like to go up and be able to have like at least a little bit of a conversation and it is just a total blast. Well, this play was pretty intense. I, I would say the, uh, the guy that played Scrooge or I got in the play, his name was Scooja. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, it was amazing to see him like actually act and portray a believable character through this language that he probably learned just for the play. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people think, oh, ha, ha, Klingon stuff. Like, it's still at that stage where people are like, it's something to make fun of, you know? Yeah. But, like, I don't think they understand. Like, no, it really works. Like, it works, right? I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just, like, being really defensive and wishful thinking it, but. No, I think it worked. And it was, it was interesting how they put a spin on it because. Instead of, like, Scrooge not having a love of Christmas, this was about Scrooge, who had no honor. Amazing. And it was about the ghosts. They were getting ready to celebrate uh, some holiday that was centered around Kalis. And oh, nice. The ghost of Kalis, past, present, and future, visited Scrooge and showed him the error of his ways. That's so incredible. I love and, that they changed the story to fit the culture instead yeah. of just translating it, you know? And the ghost, the ghost of Kalis Pass looked like a uh, Klingon from the first Star Trek series. No way! Are you serious? Yeah, like he didn't have so the, cool. the head ridges, and he had the gold glittery outfit and everything. Okay, this is what a nerd I am. I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> like, all over my body. I was like, that's so amazing that they would think to do that. Like, that's so cool. Um, that, that reminded me of one of my favorite moments in uh, Deep Space Nine. Do you remember the episode where they traveled back in time to Kirk's Enterprise? No, I don't, which it is was, embarrassing because I should know that. It's a pretty good episode because they had to do a lot of CG to, like, pace the DS9 crew into the Enterprise. Truth time. I really, the only series I know inside and out is Next Gen. I, I've watched a little bit of all of the others, um, 
but I don't know any of the other series very well. You should at least uh, get on some Voyager. Really? Yeah, D Space Nine was probably my least favorite, but... I think I, I, I was more inclined to go toward Deep Space Nine because I knew that Worf ended up on it, and he's one of my all-time favorite Star Trek characters. Yeah. Well, that's that was, reminded me about that episode, is that... Um, they So they travel back in time, and the crew of Deep Space Nine is like... They're on the Enterprise, and they see Klingons with, you know, the old Klingon model without all the makeup and everything. Wow. And they... Chief O'Brien looks at Worf, and he's like, what what's wrong with these Klingons? Why do they look like this? And Worf just looks at him and is like, we don't want to talk about it. Interesting. <laughs> huh, I, that is so funny. Like, I feel like there's some way that they addressed the way that Worf's forehead changed, but I forget what it was. There was. It was a virus. Okay, that, that's like, right. basically mutated the gene pool of Klingons. Even Klingon viruses are, like, bad ace. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, even a, like a Klingon virus will change your face like <laughs> pretty freaking incredible there is a band that i really like they're called il troubadour i think i'm pronouncing that right i'm probably not but they have also like a side band it's the same guys i think it's the il troubadour klingon music project oh really <laughs> and it's so much fun and when they play shows they have like a um they have a star trek belly dancer <laughs> and it is so awesome wow. i love it 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 Florida's a good place for nerdy music. It is. And I think these guys are centric, 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 just, that was a mistake. They're centric in the Midwest, but they travel. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of Star Trek tribute bands as well. That's like a whole thing. My favorite, Five Year Mission, actually, they do the music. They allowed us graciously to use the music, their music for this podcast. Yep. Um, they were the first tribute band I ever saw, and it was they were just fantastic. So check out Il Troubadour, Klingon Music Project. You can just Google it, I'm sure, and uh, Five Year Mission, two of my all-time favorites. Um, one of the writers for Rogue Awesome, Jesse, he lives near Jacksonville, Florida, and he's always going. It seems like he has this endless stream of nerdy music concerts and conventions nice. that he's going to. And I'm... even up here in Chicago, we don't get that. You don't? I was just going to ask, like, because I know that you guys have, you have Chicago Comic Con. Yeah, and then there's this thing that's coming up in March called C2E2, and now I'm not going to remember what those stand for. <laughs> I think it's Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Oh, you that's very, you pulled that right back <laughs> out of, you were like, I'm not going to remember, it's a Chicago Comic, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we get a couple of little things, but... um. As far as like just this this bounty of nerdy music that Jesse talks about in Florida, I just we don't have that up here. Um, here's the interesting thing about growing up in smaller towns or the Midwest. You know, I knock I, I jokingly, lovingly will knock growing up in the Midwest. However, one of the great things about it is that it produces these safe little pockets of ultra concentrated geekdom. Yeah. Because you have to group up when you're in an environment like that, when you're not in a big city, you have to find your people and group up. And so my favorite convention still after being to MegaCon and after being to, you know, all of these other conventions is a convention called Starbase Indie mm. because it's small, it's relaxed. You get to interact with the guests 
instead of the guests like fearing for their safety as they should at most conventions because of crazy people like us, they, it's just, it's such a fantastic convention and everything you can delve more deeply and the panels can go a little long if they need to go a little long. And there's, there's uh, like this room where you can just go and sit down and they have like free snacks. And so you can just, it's truly built around the idea of socializing. It's not just about you fork out a thousand dollars for your room and you're this and you're that. And then you, you hope and pray to make it to two or three of the panels. It's like, you can go to all the panels that you want. There's room for everybody. It's, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Hmm. I've always looked at it and considered trying to make a trip down. It's I, it's so worth it. I really, really think it is. There's also there's a really good one in Florida too called um, Away Mission Orlando. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Just since moving to Florida, I got to meet Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner. I don't even know how I would handle that. I, I didn't probably, either. I got to tell probably you, fall I, down. I was concerned for, for <laughs> both of the safety of both of those men. Especially Patrick Stewart. I just don't even know. I, I imagine that I would probably, like, kneel and, like, try to kiss his ring on his hand or something. <laughs> probably it, bow with a huge flourish. You know, something really awful. <laughs> something really weird would come out and you'd be like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not British. I'm not making fun of you. I, um, mine was kind of a wonderful slash awful experience because... I was working. I was working on a TV show that I worked on down here. I do like camera stuff and video editing and writing and stuff. And so I was working on this local TV show. And so I I was working. So like on the one hand, I, we got to get really close to him because we got to film him. So that was good. But then on the other hand, it was like, all I really wanted to do was like, I wished I was working on my own show and that I was talking to him about hey, I want you to do this guest role. And like, so it was it was kind of bittersweet to be that close to him and to be in the medium that I want to work in, but for it to be not quite there. Yeah. Um, and I did crumble. I did crumble a little bit. Um, I did scream I love you at him. <laughs> it was a little embarrassing. It was like after the room had cleared out, like of all the fans after his signing was over, And so it was like, you know, me and my husband was there. He was running camera and our boss and just some general people milling about people who worked at the con and he had stopped and he was talking. We were all kind of talking in this little circle, you know? And so I was like right there and I was trying so hard to play it cool because once you lose it on a celebrity, your window is gone. Like (laughs) they have to take care of themselves. And if you display even the slightest bit of crazy, you've lost your chance for a conversation. And so he's walking out with his bodyguard. I had kept a complete, I'd maintained a complete cool. And I just had this terrible gripping fear that I was never going to get the chance to interact with him again. And so I just yelled, I love you. Like, and then I hid behind my husband. So Patrick Stewart turns around to look and Jake's standing there like, uh, and so I think Jake said something like, well, I do like, I do love you. But like, so it was kind of wonderful just, just to be near him was exciting, but also just didn't go, you know, I always have this fantasy that like, you know, you'll connect with them because I don't want to kill any of these people and put them in my trunk and I don't want to have my way with them because that's gross. And like, I just want to get into conversations. I just want to like go sit somewhere and have coffee and talk about like 
art and TV and life. And so, but I feel like there's no way to convey, like, except to carry around a sign that says, I'm not crazy, you know? Or write it on your forehead or something. Yeah, that would definitely do the trick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not crazy. And then Brent Spiner was, I got so, for whatever reason, I was almost more nervous to meet him than I was Patrick Stewart. Really? And I, I, um, again, I was working, but I put the camera down and I, I remembered how it went with Patrick Stewart. So I just bought my autograph and stood in line with everybody else. And I got up there and I was trying to think of a way to like explain quickly. Cause you don't have a lot of time. Like yeah. you have 20, 30 seconds, maybe a couple of minutes at the most, because there's a lot of people they have to get to. And I was, I got up there and I was like, I love your CD. I love, um, old yellow eyes is back. Cause he has this whole album of standards mm-hmm. that like started as a joke. And, but he has actually has this incredible voice. And so I talked to him about that a little bit and I had a more satisfying experience with him. Cause we talked about Hebrew language and we made jokes and he was just a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And I kind of kept my cool. So my closest nerd celebrity brush in was at, um, I met John Hodgman at a book signing. <gasps> awesome. He's, he's basically like my, I, I view him as the king of all nerds, basically. I think that's a totally fair title. I think that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> and, um, so he was signed. Not only did I bring his most recent book to sign, but I also brought his first two. And I was like, I don't want to seem greedy, but will you sign my other two as well? And he was he was totally obliging. Aww. And um, he asked who to make it out to, and I said, it's Aaron. I always have to spell Aaron because people want to put two A's in it. Right. And uh, I put one in it, and uh, he said, oh, do you, do you comment on my blog? And I was like, yeah, occasionally. And I was just, that ruined it for me because I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> recognize my name. He recognized my name. You were, you were keeping it cool until that moment, and then yeah. it was over. <laughs> I was just like, shut shut it down. Shut it down. Get out now. <laughs> S dot D. Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. I, I just said thank you and uh, left the line. Good for you, though, for not, like, doing something really weird. Like, being like, do you want to move in with me? Or, like... <laughs> Can I move in with you even better? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was weird. Let me move in with you. That'll be, like, way more normal. <laughs> Sorry, my boyfriend just came into the room as doing a funny dance in front of me. <laughs> and P.S. I just noticed. I'm really sorry. We went like way over an hour. Oh, that's all right. I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Okay. I'm excited. I love this. And I love talking to you. And I love that we have my schedule now. I, I overschedule myself. So the fact that we've turned this into a podcast because you know how terrible I am about response. I'm awful about email and Facebook and Insta. I'm terrible. I'm the worst. So the fact that it's this scheduled thing that we're doing makes me very happy. Yeah. How did we? How often do we want to do these? I would say let's start with every two weeks, if that's okay. Oh, that's totally fine. Okay. And then um, you want to pick our topics of convo for the next one? Sure. Now, I mean, like you said, it's good. Keeping it natch is good. Yeah. I don't know if that's a phrase, but it is now keeping it natch. Um, so we'll talk about next time. We'll talk about, uh, let's delve into, we could delve into Star Trek TV. Okay. I like it very much. Kind of talked about that a little already. So we'll talk like 
favorite episodes and we'll talk least favorite episodes and we'll talk favorite actors and we'll just we'll just go there yeah that's a plan crazy pants out do you uh want to tell everybody how to find you on the internet yes on the internet you may find me at bornforgeekdom.com which is my blog um or you can find me at audreybrown.com which is very original um <laughs> i don't you got that with your i know me too last name the weird thing is for a long time i couldn't get it because it was parked it was taken by like i kid you not some kind of satanic like church or something i'm completely serious and it was like it had like the image of the goat and like I don't know if it was just an ex-boyfriend that, like, really didn't like me and was like, I oh, know, I'll park her web domain with a satanic thing. So it's not a satanic site anymore. So you can go there, and it's safe. That's good. <laughs> so AudreyBrown.com, BornForGeekdom.com. Um, I'm on Twitter. It's BornForGeekdom on Twitter. Um, my Facebook is private right now because I've had some creepers in the past. Um, so I'm trying to keep it creeper-free. But I think those three websites will do because you can comment on my blog and, you know, we can talk on Twitter and stuff like that. But other than that, those are my websites. How about you, Aaron? We know AaronDeppert.com with one A. Yep, that's the easiest way to find me. Um, That has links to all of my, I believe, Twitter, Facebook, um, even LinkedIn, if you would like to view my resume. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm so behind on LinkedIn. I'm like, back in 2008, I'm terrible. I got to get caught up. If you want to jump straight to my Twitter, it's at Aaron Depper. Um, if you can spell that without me spelling it for you, that means we're best internet friends for life. <laughs> um, so that's it. Okay, well, I'm very excited. And um, Five Year Mission does our music. They're incredible. Visit Five Year Mission. Go to Starbase Indy. Go to Away Mission Orlando. Do everything we just said. Do it. Do it because we said or else. That was weird inflection or else. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you next time, Aaron. Alright, bye. bye. 298 years older than me. I don't wanna be a grump, I don't wanna be a grump, I don't wanna be dead this time next week. I don't wanna be a grump, I don't wanna be an only. Oh, listen to me. Bum bum, bum bum, bum bum. Bon, 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 bon